Hello and good morning, good afternoon and good evening. This is the Curious Anarchy Podcast and we're here today with another episode of Curious Muse where we chop up little bits of information, data, detail, uh, corruption, whatever else it is that we may find in today's news and within ourselves that we've searched for, come across um, and would like to share with each other, myself, Jermaine, and my wonderful and amazing co-host, Mark. How are you, Mark? So I've got two quick observations for you. Firstly, mm. go ahead. Uh, we're doing this podcast on the day of the budget, but without knowing the outcome of the budget yet. So um, probably we'll have to do one, another one tomorrow to talk about how the budget has been framed for the country. And secondly, it occurred to me, I would really love to do a podcast where we interview people and the three hosts would be me, you, and Rihanna. And who? Rihanna. Which one? The singer lady. Okay, interesting. Why? I'd be interested to see how people respond to the three of us because I think if you survive that, you can survive anything. <laughs> um, but also, Rihanna, I was, I was very please hit us up on Twitter at underscore curious. Yeah, if someone knows her, could you get her to hit us up? Because it's um, you're delaying a process that's inevitably going to happen. I was watching um, a chat show last night, and um, I was just thinking to myself, God, imagine if Jane was doing this, how much smoother it would be. Oh, here we go. There we go. Just, it's just shocking that the people that with the buckets of compliments. Thank do you understand you. this? Because it might be before your time. Right. Hey. Do you understand this? Because it might be before your time. Do you know what a talking head is? Um. It's a it's a phrase, isn't it? Referring to like a what do you call it? Like a, a spokesperson or the the shiny veneer. It's presented. Is is that what yeah. it's referring to? Like, for example, there was a thing called Max Headroom, where it was a kind of computerized thing. It was a, was a head that spoke, and it, the idea was anything could interview anyone. You don't you don't have to be full of personality and what have you if, in the modern in modern type of TV. And and it struck me that so many people on TV are talking heads when they could be like you with just so much more interesting insights and questions to people. I'm just dis- disappointed that it's the world we live in is reflective of blandness people like. You know, like the thing, like if you go have a meal with someone and the first thing not sauce, blandness gets really boring. I just think that's the same about a lot of the media today. So. <laughs> Blend. I'm just sharing that with you. That's all. <laughs> Sorry, just take a <laughs> Go on. Okay. I've done. But I thought we could today, Jermaine, if you're free, <clears throat> about um, shit. Okay, great. I think that's a, a wonderful opening um, for for what I'm about to 
sort of speak on. Um, plan C. Never heard of Plan C, have you? I haven't even heard of Plan B. Right. So, <laughs> um, one of the uh, government advisors or a professor, um, Professor, Ch- I think it might be Chapel, but it looks like it could be pronounced Chappelle, which would be very ironic. Um, no, that would be ironic. He's he's come forward and he's made a statement in response to a question. Um, from the, the Science and Technology Committee, I think. Oh, um, good. Yeah, yeah. His response was that essentially there's there's a Plan C that is being hashed out at the moment. Um, now, this being after was it last only last week that they mentioned that there was no Plan B. So, where does Plan C suddenly appear from? I wish. That- If we so don't yeah. know what Plan B is, how can there be a Plan C? I'm not sure. Right, right. So either they are remodeling the alphabet, or something is awry. Either way, it's shit. Which leads back to the topic. Great. Now, what did you want to share? Well, it turns out that Britain, along with hosting the environmental summit that the Queen can't attend because well eve of this conference of world the world to act more quickly about the crisis we have in the environment of the world we're living in mm-hmm. and i'm always torn to that scene i don't know have you seen matrix yes you know that scene where he gets to see looks like and it's all burnt out kind of de- deprivation everywhere yeah yeah and we're kind of heading towards that and people are just like don't worry I, 2050 and it's like really <laughs> that's your issue so and, all that and, and having... even and even to think about it from the perspective of people saying that and in what maybe 20 years maybe even 10 they won't even be around you see most people in most jobs today have no responsibility and take no don't actually you know at the word like they don't own anything that they do most people are in jobs for accountability, that's it. So they're in jobs for like two years. And then, by any means necessary, is keep a clean slate for those two years. And then they can look around and go, well, it was okay when I was... Because I don't see longevity, because years ago you had jobs for life. And secondly, they take responsibility for actions that happened during that time. But then the people coming in, they take no responsibility, because they say, well, it was a watch. And this is how we go round and round concerts. Now, we have a conference happening in the UK that the Queen was meant to. And on the eve of it, it was discovered that Britain is putting tons and tons of waste into the seas around Britain. Literally pumping waste and sewage into to the point that within five to ten years we won't have any clean drinking water. Mm. Now, this on the back of what was it? Uh, the B word um, and yeah. one of the uh, maritime issues um, of concerning fisheries, the fishing industry. Um, yeah. Now that it's been established that we're polluting, intoxicating our 
waters. Um, Our own water. Right. Uh, I, I would imagine, I would only hazard a guess here, but I would expect that to have some sort of impact on the local fish and the further out the pollution gets. It's going to affect on anything that we have from the right. sea. And can I just say, right. for people who are planning ever to be hosting their own podcast, let's point out something Jermaine did there that changed the professionalism and the, and the sort of like sublime, subliminal skills. He just said, and I quote, I'll hazard. We're talking about the hazard of waste being in the seas around Britain. And just as a phrase, his skill was to say, I'll hazard a guess. Now that needs to be learned and copied from young podcasters out there who want to start doing this sort of thing. Sorry, carry on, Jermaine. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I was just saying that I, I would, yeah, <coughs> excuse me, hazard a guess that um, it would have some sort of impact on, on the fish, the amount of fish that is available in our seas, being that we have left the EU and now are in the process of potentially dividing up waters, right? Well, just try and think of it like this. Just try and think of it like this. A few years ago, we were talking about how much plastics and waste there is in the in the oceans around the world, right? So that means that most of the fish that we're catching potentially could have... Are contaminated. Contaminated stuff in them. That's just generally. That's in the world as a whole. Yeah. But imagine then, if you like, every country was to was to turn uh, was to what's the word I'm looking for was to empty their waste into the seas around their country. Now you could say, well, that's their problem. They've got to live there. But ultimately, it affects all the oceans and seas because it's going to spread. The waters don't stay in one place. Mm -hmm. So it's going to spread. So what you're going to get is toxic waters. Which is why I've drew, I brought up that scene from The Matrix. Right, and so when they're mentioning um, that the, I think, was it the carbon neutral um, mm -hmm. by 2050? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. how, how will that work? If we're looking at waters that are being polluted, well, this pollution see, is not being cleaned up and it's inevitably floating further and further out to yeah. sea, impacting well, the problem fish with that, life, impacting the problem food that availability, etc., etc., yeah, but the problem with that—the right. problem with that is—is is they just keep changing the goalposts because they don't want you to look in that. You know, someone said on a couple of programs I watched recently, "This is the art of distraction." So they keep moving the goalposts so you don't keep looking in the same place all the time. So that you might, let's say, we're worried about this waste, and I think you and I spoke about two or three weeks ago about the fact that we couldn't get enough carbon dioxide to make fizzy drinks because the because a couple of plants that usually produce fertilizer in this country. Yeah, them. yeah. That was on the a Grand Trine episode of Curious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so what, what I'm saying crisis. is, so what we, what, what we were finding on a weekly and a daily level is that the agendas keep changing. So that we can't stay on anything long enough to actually deal with it properly. You know, so you wouldn't, if you're, if you were teaching your child to do stuff, let's say you were teaching your child to try his laces, after the first time he's tried to do it, you wouldn't then switch to him learning to brush his teeth. And that's the kind of way the news agenda seems to work at the moment. We don't stay on anything long enough to deal with it properly. And 
um, just as a <coughs> excuse me, as an aside here, um, in terms of referring to the, the tracking of news um, and sticking with it over time, yeah. um, La Palma, the volcano, um, is livening up. It's um, quite an interesting scenario that could potentially occur. Um, I've seen some, some videos and, and diagrams of what, how the volcano was formed and how it interacts with the land and the water and, you know, how it would impact the sea. Um, there are it's reported that there could be uh, like landslides, there could be tsunamis, there's going to be a real shift if this situation, you know, really does escalate. Um, yeah. it's, 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 uh, it's, it's in progress right now. You can go onto YouTube or some other streaming site somewhere, I'm sure. Um, news sites, um, Canarias TV, I believe. Um, yeah. They are streaming um, the, the volcano live. Um, and you'll get to see um, detail about what it looks like um, like about sort of 12, 13, 24 hours ago, um, you'll see what it looks like from different angles. You'll see the land, um, how the lava flow has actually moved over the land and, and it's heading into the sea, which creates further issues with in regards to the toxicity of the air as the lava interacts with the water and the steam and everything. Just, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, potentially very, very... Uh, poisonous. The, the island is being evacuated, um, so that is in process. But it's just something that I think we ought to just keep an eye on. Um, right, but I mean, I, I, again, I want to draw your attention, if I may. I want to draw your attention, if I may, to the fact that in the recent, like in the not too distant uh, past, we've had the whole thing of uh, the issue in Montserrat. The issue in Iceland, was it? Or Finland? I can't remember which country had a volcano explosion where planes had to stop flying. Iceland, yeah. We had, to, we had, a, we've had four or five, we've had constant forest fires. Look, people don't want to piece all this together, but it, but it has to be pieced together because it's all one connective system. Yeah. So it, it's kind of, for me, it's very worrying that people are very short termism. Like it's like the world has got amnesia or, or dementia that they can't think of anything longer than a couple of weeks. If you get what I'm saying. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, sorry. I was I was uh, trying to elicit a response from you. I'm listening to you. Oh, good. Um, yeah. So all I was trying to say was, for me, I find it quite disturbing there isn't a more consistent approach to the environment that we're facing now that you know the kind of just the environment has i find that very worrying to be honest anyway is there anything again else want to i also i also kind of really want to mention um on the back of that that i mean we say that but we've seen what's happened with this government yes with government of of previous um yep. 
and that's irrespective of, of what you know political ideology left right center whatever um we need a unified approach we need countries to actually come together right we need yes don't you find a world, it a global that, that even, don't you find it funny that even in um even in covid they weren't able to work as a, a united front across the world that there was no so example get if you take things like injections and you take things like protection and you take things like um boosters it's not a worldwide response it's a, it's a it's a you're meant to deal with it if you like bit by bit and this is a great point um as you were referring to uh i think we we're talking about cop 26 earlier <clears throat> um Greta Thunberg or Greta Thunberg um, she apparently is, is protesting I've mentioned this in a previous episode yeah, you she's apparently she's still protesting um, COP26 in Glasgow next month um, which is a conference on climate change um, she is really uh, I guess one of the main kind of voices for climate change I guess at the moment Um and only being, I think she, she's maybe 15 now, 16 maybe, um, a school kid having such a big voice on, on, a, on a huge, huge platform. Um, having recollections of things that she has said about you know, destroying her, her dreams, her, the world, uh, the world that she is grow, growing up and into world that she will inherit from those who are making decisions around climate change or not making decisions around climate change at the moment and um, i think it, it really ought to be mentioned that in terms of um climate change we we're now realizing the broadening widening of what climate change really is and what she's protesting is against the the unequal distribution between the global north and south um, yeah. So, just wanted to point that out that she's standing for something that's actually a worthy point. I personally may not necessarily agree with the vaccines, but when we look at what's actually happening, we're seeing the same story play out. Yeah. So it's it's not a question of whether you agree with the vaccine. It's 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 like. <laughs> It's more to do with, how can I put it? We need to look at measures that can protect the world as much as possible. If we could, like, so, you know, I have this discussion with a lot of people. If, if you're saying that, for example, you don't, the doctor, then, uh, well, how come you trust it with everything else that you would do medically? Like, so imagine you suddenly got ill now, you totally trust them to use whatever they've got. So it, it kind of, it's illogical because because actually there's been more research put into COVID medication than there has in any other kind of medication we've ever used. We've never had a world community studying it, uh, and even the, the the swiftness in them understanding what the issues are from it has been so much quicker. Like you take medication like I don't know uh, malaria, it's taken. 20 30 years to get anything remotely that they can use they've done all this in one year because they've had so many people working on it you know so that's probably the only area that that, that you've had world kind of unified approaches to, to yeah yeah, to, yeah that's the only way that you've had that and so 
you know what what's fascinating is that we don't have a blueprint of how to do things in the future that's what's fascinating mm. but even you know what and i have to kind of dig into this even a little bit more because <clears throat> yes there has been some sort of uh, worldwide collaborated effort but it's coming from the global north the solutions and oh, yeah, they're being yeah, yeah, produced yeah. in yeah, the global yeah. south so again here and, and, and what we have situations where the, the yeah. producers are being locked out of the actual purchases of the very things that they are making the vaccines that they are making so right this is where but, but that's but that that's happening because at the moment, we're not holding governments accountable. That's the, the bottom line. Like, you know, for example, Brazil, United States and England have systematically refused to deal with this in, in a way that the rest of the world has dealt with it. And and these governments are not being held accountable. Only Brazil is being held accountable in that the, the, the president is now being sued for the amount of lives that has been lost in Brazil because he refused to do any kind of measures to protect the community because they were more worried about the economy i would like to thank whoever that person or persons people are that that brought this to the courts um for one it's a very brave thing to do jermaine it's a very brave thing absolutely um but but it also raises a question i've said this many times to you before why don't we have those that caliber of people like that in this country You think about, I don't know if there's a country that has more world representation in terms of the communities that live in the country. And yet, for some reason, the the, the fundamental nature of Britishness remains in that, you know, sit down, stiff up a lip and don't complain about stuff. And it's like, well, why is no one taking our government to court? I just don't get it. Do you remember when that woman took um, this government to court over Brexit, when they, when they tried to... Um, they tried to ignore. The the, they tried to ignore what the Queen had. Um, it was it was the prorogation, wasn't it? The, yeah, the, yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's the only time I can remember someone actually doing something that actually stop checked the government and go, "Hold on, what are you doing here? Mm. You know what's going on? You, you break here." Because it's interesting how many laws the government expect people to follow, and yet. They don't have to follow them themselves. You know, we've said this before about how the governments don't have to follow the same observations around the pandemic that we have to. They don't have to pay taxes like we have to. It's kind of incredible how we're allowing a two-tier system in place here. I mean, except for the nature, the fundamental nature of cruelty and, and, and subjugation that you had in slavery, have we not got the same two-tier system in place now? I'm just wondering because like there's so many things like I said this before another podcast that we did if you were let's say in the government and I wasn't and you and I decided to go on holiday to Australia you could fly from a private runway all the way to Australia land on a private field there have no checks or anything when you come into the country stay at a hotel pay no tax on any a lawyer that makes sure you pay no tax I mean it's just the, the, the differences are fundamentally they're like almost two different worlds, mm-hmm. and we and accept this, it. This is this is what, yeah, this this is what we're just accepting. 
Like this is environment that we we've been socialized into. You think about okay, the conversation that we were having on Clubhouse earlier today. Um, think about yeah. how the culture within the police is normalized. Think about how the culture right, within society is normalized. Hit me with that. What do you mean government. when you say that? Hit me with that. How it's normalized. The, the things that we allow, the the behaviors, the the uh, what, what's actually happening. Like what's there is mean? there is very little guidance. There is very very unclear um, and unfair uh, guidance, provisions, even legalities, laws in place that discriminate against people, and they know that these laws discriminate against people, but they persist. Okay. And it seems to be okay. By, it appeared okay, we seem okay to who? be quite happily accepting that. Oh, sorry, it's okay with who, sorry? With the people, us. The population. Oh, so, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what would it take, seeing as we're coming towards November the 5th, what would it take for people to... <laughs> Let's physically, <not> go <laughs> physically, and intellectually challenge this. And I, ju- I just want to <laughs> clarify with that reference. There, um, we're not by any means um, advocating, promoting, or, or suggesting in any way, shape, fashion, or form that anybody is to attempt to. I don't know, stack, you know, heaps of gunpowder under the Houses of Parliament and blow them up. Um, Jermaine, you're right, we're not advocating that. We're also not advocating not to do it either. So, my next thing that I wanted to say (laughs) is... Um, it's actually gone from my mind now. Okay, what was next? What did you want to um, Yeah, in regards to the, the culture and what was clear, in fact, from that, from the conversation with this police officer um, or, or this yeah. person that, that said that they were working for the police um, is that it seems like there are a few good eggs in the force. It seems like there are a few pockets of good eggs in the force. But where there are bad ones, again, much like society and government, they are being given permission, allowed, uh, given, given license to commit some of the most atrocious atrocities that we can think of socially um, and it's normalized right yeah it's just normal there is no united response from everybody and this one one of the things is this right my thing with this whole discrimination thing i i i, I really i resent some of the ideas around it because when I think of discrimination, I think of, okay, so for example, we had Katie Price earlier this year. She um, she launched a petition to... Oh, I remember you talking about this year. Yeah. Um, now, that petition got up to, I think it was about 600,000 signatures. 
which meant that it, it was then um, debated in, in Parliament. And uh, yeah, and the response from Parliament was actually quite interesting because they highlighted that um, there was inherent discrimination in what it would take for them to implement something like that. Now, she was requesting for um, ID for everybody who's on who's uh-huh. using social media to have id it has to be you have to have id to access social media um now that in turn discriminates against a number of of different groups namely um the trans community who those who may be transferring in between like you know legally having their, their papers changed over um it discriminates against them um and also women and, and, and men, I would also um, assume, um, of who are domestic violence uh, survivors, who are, yeah, yeah. who need to remain anonymous. Um, it presents issues in, in that sense. And again, there, there was, I'm not going to speak on the particular incident, but I would imagine that there was a lot of um, emphasis on this simply because of the racism aspect there's yeah. a lot of focus on how harmful racism is of course but at the same time this the way that this uh the the idea the proposals behind the petition the way that they came across was not in a way that would not discriminate so yes it may prevent one thing but it initiate something else and this is this is really about the holistic sense that we take to to healing our relationship with one another on all levels whether that be government authorities institutions of education health and, and councils etc etc um, businesses small businesses big business um migration um just how we really connect with one another, how we really help and, and come together around this. Well, it, it's kind of, for me, it's, it's interesting because we're, we're at a time now where we're acknowledging Black History Month. Yeah, yeah just about. You're cutting out a bit. You're yeah. cutting out a bit. I think MI5 are following me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that way. <laughs> yeah. um, I just wanted to say, um, yeah, I, I think that there's there's a massive, massive amount of just permission being granted by the actions and ignoring these things. We need to stop ignoring these things. We need to challenge them at every step. And we need to come together regardless of our differences because as a black man, I can also help those who are discriminated against as being um, (sighs) women. I, I can have a voice for women. I can have a voice for the LGBT community. I can have a voice for any communal group, what, whatever the, the description is. Um, and all it takes is for me to just listen. Clubhouse is, is one of those really great examples of being able to listen to conversations that you might not necessarily be exposed to. 
I'm hearing conversations about the um, the India India farmers protest, which has been happening. Oh yeah, yeah. Something like it's just under a year. I think it's about three hundred and thirty something days now. Um, so being able to sit in and listen and, and hear about what's happening in India really resonates with me because it's also something that's happening here in the UK. Now, why do we not have a voice about that? Because if we allow that to happen, governments collude with one another and they, they have agreements and they all come together and basically operate under the same kind of code, really. So yeah. if we stop it there, what's the chance that we can stop it somewhere else? Well, it's got to be... It's got to be continuous and, and uh, unified actions. You see, the problem... This has happened in the past, historically, where once you have a spread of... Remember the Arab Spring? Once you have it in one country, it spreads to others. But there's also been times when certain countries have opted out of doing that, when I, when they should have joined in, and it would have made huge changes. Mm-hmm. So it really does depend on the... Like, like the thing we talked about in Brazil, why aren't other people taking their governments to court about about the you know the way they've dealt with pandemics i would say there's at least four or five countries that potentially if you if followed the model in brazil you would take your government to court so that's it i think um i, I do need to go now but this is a great note to end on we need to take the government to court we need so volunteers to come forward in every country in every country not just here because yep, you see absolutely. they set up a legal process which they might have to break if we suddenly use it. Because at the moment, we're not using it. So off the back of this very episode, there should be at least, I believe, 29, maybe 30 countries that should be taking their Or at least there should be conversations being had from Bhutan to Puerto Rico to Jamaica to Australia, the UK, the US, um, and Germany. Definitely. and, And Norway and so many places um, so I just want to say thank you all so very much to our Curious Anarchy listeners for tuning in and for listening to myself Jermaine Mark talk about what's happening here in the UK and abroad it's been an absolute pleasure to be here with you Mark I have to say it's been a pleasure always a pleasure to be with you it's like seriously it's, it's the closest I'm going to get to the Letterman show or something like that it really is. Thank you all so very much. It's been wonderful. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Good night.